Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the What up, everybody? It is a special edition of the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. My name is Mitchell Kaminsky. Unfortunately, I got to pay the air conditioning bill somehow, so uh, I got to work later tonight. Uh, so we'll not be able to join the main show with uh, Fids, Aldo, and Father Zoe. So make sure you're tuning in to that one. But you get a little bonus episode because I got some thoughts. Obviously, it was a big week for both sides of town. So, you know, without further ado, let's tap this cake. Well, I guess since it's just me, I'll probably just tap this six six pack, I guess. We'll go with that. Um, as always, show brought to you by Uncle Buds. I have yet to see a residual check from them, but I hear they are very good. Uh, that's what Zoe told me, um, and I'll take his word for it. So make sure you go there. If you're a White Sox fan, you want to drink your sorrows away after another disappointing loss, go to Uncle Buds. And unlike those bastards from Wings and Rings, they didn't vote against me in the 108 tournament. So even further reason to support them uh let's get into it we'll start i actually got some thoughts on the cubs too we'll get into later i've had to watch a lot of cubs games the past week between them playing the white Sox and then they played the cardinals for a four game stretch and in the newsroom all they play is cardinals games because it's one of the teams that we cover down there so i've watched a lot of cubs this past week one of the games so we got some thoughts on them too but we'll start with the uh white Sox. um i don't know if you're a white Sox and how you can't be sad about how everything went down because the window's over like, that's what trading Lucas Giglio signified. And even if you think the returns are good, which we'll get into later, uh, it's a sad day if you're a Sox fan, especially for Lucas Giolito. And kind of just like what him and Ronaldo Lopez represented. Because back in, you know, 2017 when they first got there, you know, they make those trades and you're thinking, yeah, like this is going to be the start of a new era for the White Sox. They're finally going to turn it, turn it around. They're tearing this thing down to the studs. They're going to build it up right. I remember uh, – what was a 16 year old kid? It was like the first year I ever went to Sox Fest was that year. And, you know, I, uh, you know, growing up a, a baseball, um, you know, addict, I love, I love baseball. I love everything baseball. I was a baseball junkie. So this is the first year I'd gone to a Sox Fest. And, you know, I was super excited. I remember how excited I was to meet Miguel Gonzalez that year just because I love it. It was like so cool to me. You can see all these players. And I remember Lucas Giolito was there and you hear all these things about him, especially because Adam Eaton was one of my favorite players. Uh, on the White Sox before they traded them. Like the first stint around, not, not second stint Adam Eaton. And this is before, you know, it kind of soured with the whole um, Adam LaRoche fiasco. But I like the way he played. So, like, uh, I, I liked Adam Eaton. When they traded for him, it, like, took a while to buy in, and I bought into it. It was like, yeah, this makes sense. This guy here, Lucas Giolito, top pitching prospect, is going to help turn us around. So I remember at that Sox Fest, 
going up 16 year old Mitch. I was super excited. Like, Hey, like welcome to Chicago, like Lucas. And you know, he's a tall, tall guy and it, uh, kind of intimidating, you know, for, for uh, old Mitch Kaminsky who doesn't talk to many professional ball players. You know, he's the nicest guy and he's an easy guy to root for. So I remember like yeah, coming after that, like I was always a big Lucas Giolito fan from that. And whether, regardless of what you think about his, uh, White Sox career overall. He was a great representative for Chicago. It's a great story. You know, worst pitcher in baseball, turns it around, becomes an all-star. That's a great – he represented the city and the team. So it's sad uh, to see him go from there because now it represents the windows over. So now let's go through all these trades uh, before we, we, we get to the Cubs. We'll go through the, through the White Sox ones when we think about it. Now, I think with Rick Hahn, two things can be true. He's a bad general man. I mean, this is his third time around. Like, he should have been fired long ago. But – I mean, you can admit that he's very good at maximizing the returns you get for player value. I mean, he did it, obviously, with Adam Eaton. I thought that was a good return. I thought it was a good return for the Chris Sale trade. I mean, in hindsight, some of those guys didn't develop the way you thought. But, like, at the time, they looked like a good return. And I think he did the same thing here. Now, make no mistake, trading away good players is one of the easiest things to do as a general manager. You know, that's the easy part is trading away guys to start a rebuild. The hard part is getting the right pieces in that all fit together and the right free agents uh, to make, you know, the team like work, which clearly he hasn't been able to do three times. Around. So like, no mistake. I'm not, you know, Rick Hahn should be extended for getting the good returns. Like, no, that's the easiest part of the job. But I think if you go through a lot of these trades, he did a pretty good job getting uh, value for a lot of them. Now, what I would be confused about is the direction they want to go. Cause you got all this wishy-washy stuff of, Oh, we're going to contend in 2024, but then we're going to trade Dylan Cease too. So like make up, you got to pick a lane. That's the one thing I was confused about. We'll, we'll start with Lucas Giolito. Uh, you know, you got the Egger and Kai Bush thought it was Kyle Bush when they first got him. That would have been a bad trade for a team with locker room issues. Don't want to add Kyle Bush to the mix, but Kai Bush, you know, left-handed pitcher, who knows? And I'm not going to pretend like I know a bunch about these prospects, but for a left-handed, you know, catcher, one of the, you know, better ranked prospects in the Angels system, uh, or a team that needs, catching you know seb as much as i like seb seb ain't the future of this team so i think that's a good get despite the fact um defense is a little lacking hopefully we can develop them but for a guy on an expiring co uh, contract that's not a bad return now my favorite one was the the lance lynn trade i thought they did really well for lance lynn and joe kelly because i love lance too like that made me sad it was heartbreaking to see him go i know he sucked but i still like lance you know strutting around grabbing the junk yelling at the camera i mean what's not to like you can't you gotta love that so zoe always says that that's like i drink a 30 pack with guy but he was terrible this year uh i was surprised i got anything of value for him him and joe kelly so with nick nastarini you know the dodgers uh i think he was their 10th prospect best prospect um baseball america had him almost as high as six so that's a pretty good pitching prospect i actually really like that jordan leisure though they got back for him and just like reading from what scouts say really good fastball actually a higher rated fastball nastarini He's tall, big presence on the mound, which I, you like from a starter. Because of his extension, that fastball, which already is in the upper 90s, is like 98. I think he can hit 100 from what I like saw. Uh, but with that extension, the scouts say like the fastball looks like it rises, like with that, the long stride that he has. And, you know, looking at some of the stats here, in uh, three seasons in the Dodgers system, he limited opponents to a 188 average. And he's the White Sox right now, 26 ranked prospects. So I think that's a sneaky good pickup uh that Rick Hahn got especially if you're gonna get like a throwing guy now Trace Thompson I mean don't put too much stock on him that he was just like an added throwing but I really like what they got with leisure now Nastarina I think is good too uh, his first full season with the Dodgers uh 169 strikeouts 
13 strikeouts per nine innings, uh, 180 opponent average, and it took him just one season to shoot up through double A. So that's a good trade, too, for two guys that not been very good. Lynn clearly didn't want to be there. Um, you could hear with his comments in the front office. Didn't look like he was having a good time. Uh, so I was happy with what they got for him. Now, Kendall Graveman, too, another one. Uh, you know, even the fact that he was controllable, he couldn't protect the league for shit. And I like Kendall Graveman more than Zoe did. But you're not winning this year. There's no point in having a Kendall Graveman. I don't think they're winning next year. So you get another guy with Corey Lee. Let's see what you can get. And what I took away later in free agency, there was the tweet, like, the White Sox are going to try and give away Yasmani Grandal. I took that as they want to give Lee some uh, reps. Um, so that I think that makes uh, that makes sense. There's no reason like, Yasmani Grandal, that obviously they couldn't trade him. I mean, it's hard to trade a catcher at the deadline as it is, especially one that whose knees are shot. His defense has deteriorated, and he doesn't hit for power anymore. So, of course, they weren't going to get anything for him. But I think while you give Lee a couple more months in Charlotte, give him a little bit more time, September, they'll come around. There's no reason Grandal should still be in the uh so I, I think you know might as well that that was not a bad trade either now the final one was very confusing to me with jake Berger, especially and this is where i kind of have a bone to pick with rick Hunt. like you got to pick a lane if you're going to say you guys are contending next year and you want to take advantage of that weak al central again fine um i think it'll be stupid considering like we've shown that this team can't win you can't put a winning team together but like jake Berger's is a controllable guy dirt cheap hits for power on a team that doesn't have much and by the way the white Sox, one of the reasons they stink is they're terrible at home. They always get out homered at home and they lose a lot of games at home. And that's why they're in a whole, they're in a hitters ballpark and they don't hit home runs. Well, guess who hits home runs a lot at home? Jake Berger. So that one, and I get the batting average wasn't great. Uh, I get the uh, defense uh, wasn't there. So, you know, if you're going to say you're going to contend, then like, I feel like he should be a guy that probably should have stayed. Now, if you are committing down the path, like we're tearing this thing down again, which I got some issues there too, if Rick Hahn's going to be in charge of that. Uh, but um, I, I can see why you'd want to trade him because he shouldn't be at second base. He, he doesn't play good enough defense. And Moncada, I think there were some rumblings. They were trying to get rid of him. I think the Sox are kind of sick of his shit. He doesn't play very, I mean, he doesn't hit well. He's always hurt, very inconsistent, pouty attitude. And Joe hits it right on the head. Every time he makes a mistake, you'll see him grimace or pretend he's in pain. So I think the Sox were trying to find someone to trade partners, but like, too much money on that contract. No one wants some. And Moncada is a better defender. So he's going to be the third baseman. Uh, no matter, like, he, he, was, he was just going to be the third baseman. Uh, you can't have Berger at second. So if you are going down the rebuilding path, like, I get it. And now, why not give Sosa some reps? Now is the time the rest of the season, lost season. You call up a guy like Sosa, you see what you got. But, like, they, the, the trade, Jake Berger trade confused me just because, like, now I don't know what direction they're going. They're sending out mixed messages with what they're doing now that Jake uh, Edder, I believe his name is uh, sounds like an interesting prospect uh, double a still had Tommy John, but one scout from what I was reading before the Tommy John surgery said like, he's arguably the best pitching prospect in baseball. He thinks he was the most talented guy in the Marlins system. And that was before the, the arm injury. So, I mean, that's when you're, that was a gamble. It better work, but you know, overall reaction, I think Rick Hahn did a great job getting value for players, but that's the easiest thing to do as a general manager. I mean, it, it, it just is. Um, so, and I'm very confused in the direction. I don't think they really have a direction. I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. And it's sad. And it's really sad too with this window that should have been open longer. And like I said, the Lucas Julio trade signaled the end of the window. You know, this team had talent. I know they have talent because all these other teams wanted their players. 
I mean, even Kenyon Middleton, who they traded the Yankees, I don't even know who the return was for that, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to embarrass myself by pretending to know who that guy was, so we won't talk about that one as much. But you know they have talent because, like, all these other teams wanted their players. And it kind of goes that they never had the guy that, when the team was in a slump, could carry him over the top through the dog days of summer, put him on their back like a Bryce Harper type guy um, that could put the offense on their back and carry them through to the promised land. But you need a guy like that. And I think Jose Abreu, a lot of his value was he was kind of that guy. Now he's not to the caliber where he's going to elevate you to the postseason, but you could see the decline. They don't have an offensive identity. The offense got worse after Abreu left. And there's a reason for that. I think Abreu, you could see moments. There was a game that stood out last year where he could kind of put the team up for spurts, not at the same level as like a superstar guy. But there was one game against Detroit, I remember. He had a base hit, it was late in the game. And this were hovering around 500, trying to make a run right after the All-Star break. Uh, and he tags up on a ball that he had no business tagging up on. And he gets to second base, putting him in scoring position. And then he came around to score the go-ahead run because he got in position to score there. Or late in the season against the Guardians, Kind of a must-win game, I believe, in September. Uh, ninth inning, needs a hit off of that Class A, and he does. He he, he gets a he gets. A, I mean, he came up with a clutch knock, so he would kind of do that. But the Sox never just had that guy, and that's what they were missing because you knew this team was talented. And that's what that's what's so disappointing about the whole thing with the trade. It just sucks. Um, <laughs> Sammy Chico Lobby in Chicago. Yeah, if there is somehow a World Series, I think uh, there's a better chance that uh, hell freeze over before there's a World Series parade in, for the White Sox next year. Um, I actually think the Cubs have a better chance of making the World Series. We'll get to that uh, in, in just a, a second. But I mean, it, um, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just it makes me it makes me sick, and especially Lucas Schiller. I like I like Lucas. I like Jake Berger too. Missouri Valley brethren. And they trade him. It's like, I get if you want to give Sosa some reps, but like, God damn, like, what the fuck? What is their direction? I don't know. I don't think Rick Hahn knows. Let's get to the Cubs, actually. I'm actually excited to talk about them. I watched this team Saturday against the Cardinals. Um, and I really like that team. And I think they're a year away still. But it's like, even against the Sox, you see them. They can hit for power. They're aggressive on the base pass. That lineup's really well constructed. You listen to Adam Wainwright's comments after the game. Now, mind you, Adam Wainwright's kind of washed. He couldn't break a pane of glass at this point. But he was talking about the difficulty of navigating that lineup just because of how balanced they are. And you see a lot of these guys, they hit a pretty good average. They got some guys with some pop. Uh, obviously, they needed a third baseman still. I'm a Nick Magical stand. It was funny. I was wearing a Albert Pujols jersey I got that was free. Um for the Cardinals game, I got it as like a free giveaway. So I had the Cardinals jersey on, but every time Nick Magical came up, I'm like cheering because his first game back. We're like, oh, let's go, Nick. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Why do you like Nick Magical? Long story. But like, it, it's a good team. And so I'm glad Jed rewarded them for playing well in that stretch because it's demoralizing to him. And he's already lost a lot of trust, I think, from the first time he traded a lot of those guys, like Rizzo and all of them. Uh, you, you lose a little bit of credibility there the way – I think that whole thing went down. I mean, bids will be the first to tell you. Um, I don't think a lot of players like how that all went down. But now they played well. He rewarded them with their efforts by getting Candelario. I think that was a good pickup. Uh, they, I think they needed a couple more bullpen arms. Um, I believe they got one, they got a guy from the Rockies. But I think it was a good deadline for them. That's a team that's not going to win the World Series. 
you don't mortgage your future on that team, but you reward them for their efforts. You know, it's fun. Let's see if we can win the division. So that's why I kind of like the direction they were in now. And I also think too, especially because like a lot of people wanted to overreact like, Oh, you got to extend Bellinger. You got to do this. You got to push all your chips in. I mean, a lot of people were saying this about Stroman a couple months ago too, after he had that tweet, like, Hey, I want to be resigned. Jed, I'll give him credit because and I think it's the same thing with Bellinger as far as an extension goes. You don't want to pay a guy when these values at the highest. Strowman's value was at the highest at that point. Just like, yeah, we're going to hold off an extension here. And now, look, Strowman's come crashing back down to earth. So, I mean, I kind of like what he did. I don't think you're pushing all in. I think you kind of hold off on Bellinger, too, because I think his stock is at all-time high as far as an extension goes. But, like, yeah, you, you, know, you throw him a bone a little bit, kind of like you're contending, and then this offseason can reassess, and that's when you really need to go all in for the Cubs. I kind of like what they did. Back to the White Sox really quick. Some of the guys that didn't get traded. There was a real push. Like, a lot of people were really pushing to, like, oh, we I want to see Dylan Cease traded. We have a very smart writer for Sports Mockery who covers the White Sox uh, with us. He's like, oh, I, I'm really praying for Dylan Cease trade. Like, I don't understand, like, what the big rush was. If you don't get the value you want for the guy, why trade him? Because this team shows, like, like they don't develop players – all that well. So a prospect you're getting, you're hoping is going to be as good as Dylan sees. And even if you are going the rebuilding route for the White Sox and you're not going to contend next year, which goes back to the point, I don't know what the hell they're doing because you don't know what the direction is. But especially for, for Dylan sees, you got the two years of control. You can trade him in the offseason. If the package isn't what you wanted, I mean, there's no reason to trade him just to trade him. Don't just trade guys for the sake of trading them. If you have guys of value. And I, that's like, I was going back to what I said, you know, Rick Hahn deserves a lot of criticism. One thing he's good at is getting the max value for players. So if he didn't like the return for Dylan C's, no need to trade him. And you can always raise, he can always raise his value during the off season too. So, but like, he's a guy that you'd want next year. If you're going down that we're going to contend route. That's why I think you just got to pick a lane. So, um, yeah, Alex brings up a good point, too. If we want Rick Hahn to be fired, he, he says, if we want to fire Rick Hahn, why do we want to be the one to decide what to do with Cease? I agree with that as well. That's the other reason why I'm glad he didn't necessarily get traded this time by. Now, I don't think there's any indication that he's going to be gone. If you listen to his word salad and the Rick Hahn bullshit, I, I, I can't with him anymore. But, like, yeah, that's a good, that's another good point, too. Like, if for one of the one of the key guys, you can get a massive return. I don't think Rick Hahn should be the one deciding what we do with him. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's getting fired. So it's just kind of, it is, it is what it is. But that's all I got for both these teams and kind of my my thoughts on it. Um, it's it's just a, yeah, it's a sad day for the White Sox. And I hate to say it, the Cubs are more fun to watch. That is the first time I don't usually root for the Cubs. I almost never do. Um, but I mean. It's hard to deny. Like that's a fun team. I hope. I hope they do do well down the stretch. Um, you know. So we'll see. That's all I got for you. Make sure you're listening tonight. I will say. I will do. We'll do a quick. We'll throw you guys a bone. Maybe Zoe will do one later. We'll do a quick NASCAR minute. I don't have the same graphics, but I got a funny audio clip. So I'll rip the music real quick. Oh wait, maybe not. Up, uh, uh, blowing it already. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. This week's race kind of sucked. It was at Richmond. Uh, Chris Busher won. Don't care about that. It was a strategy race. There's no caution, no drama. I want to talk about Pocono instead. The week before, the tricky triangle. That's where all the drama went down. Hilarious moment. And this is the real reason I wanted to do this. I got to play the audio. Joey Logano 
as we know, and I, I talked to Joey uh, Logano at Gateway once. Yeah, I know, name drop. Uh, he's a nice guy out of the car. Kind of a nerd. Like, we've gone over. He's like, oh, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> that's just short track racing. Well, he got in a wreck early in the race. And you ever have that moment where you're stuck in traffic and, like, you're ranting and you're, like, screaming? Well, that was Joey Logano because he's pissed. He's an asshole in the car once he puts the helmet on. So his car crashed. All of his tires were flattened. He thought he could still race. So he was trying to get the crew at Pocono to hook up his truck and uh, this was the result. Unfortunately, he didn't realize there was an audio camera in there. So I'm going to play the audio from his in-car. And you can hear just Joey Logano pissed. son of a bitch at the end gets <laughs> god damn it stupid son of a bitch uh so his car got hooked up i think the driver was pissed at him for screaming at him and gave him the bumpiest ride possible back to pit lane but late race we'll go with the end of the race now late race restart uh some little 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 drama here kyle larson uh he's on the outside denny hamlin's trying to run him down it's tough to pass at pocono he dives to the inside he starts running larson up the track gives him a little bump there's there's content Hamlin will go on his podcast because, you know, he's a narcissist. He'll be like, oh, no, there was no contact. That was just the air. No, no, there was contact. He runs them way up into the lane. Like, you look at the, the, the car in, like, back behind him in lane two, the way it worked. Like, that's where Denny Hamlin was. Like, completely runs Larson up the track. He hits the wall. Hamlin makes the pass. That goes on to be the race-winning move. He crossed the finish line. He gets his 50th win of his career. And if you want to look at a funny photo, like just look at like he's doing his burnout and all these fans are giving him the double bird salute or whatever. <laughs> Everyone's booing him. But it ended on a caution. So he's come down the last lap. There was a wreck in the back because Corey LaJoy, professional podcaster, uh, wrecks Ryan Priest. So Ryan Priest is fuming. So the drama's not over. After the race on pit road, Priest comes running up to uh, LaJoy's car, opens the window, and he's like, hey, that was a fucking chicken shit move. He's like slapping his helmet around, and then uh, <laughs> LaJoy's goons have to come in and pull him away from the car. So, wild Pocono race. It was a shame I couldn't talk about it last week. But there you go. That's your NASCAR Minute. Make sure you guys are tuning in tonight. You'll want to hear what Fids and Aldo and uh, Matt have to say about the White Sox disappointment. Um, I don't hate LaJoy. I just think he's a little, I just think he's a little over, I think he's a little overrated. He's always crying about his crappy equipment. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's all right. He's perfectly acceptable. Just don't think he's a little overrated. Uh, but yeah, make sure you guys tune in tonight at eight. Thank you for those who tuned in. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, sad. I cannot be there, but tune in tonight. This Padres pitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Cause Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound on the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me 
can put it on the board, yeah. Every season make it all change. Every season make it all change. Every season make it all change.